This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com slash jobber to receive 20% off your first six months. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 231, entitled Interview with Paul Jamison from the Green Industry Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions, comments, and feedback that you guys have been sending through, I really do appreciate it. And of course, those all-important iTunes reviews, as I've said, in the past, one of the single most important things you guys can do to help spread the message and show your appreciation for this podcast is by leaving a review on iTunes. This week, we've got a, another uh, fantastic interview episode for you guys. I got to uh, sit down with Paul Jamison from the Green Industry Podcast. A lot of you guys are familiar with Paul from uh, social media and uh, maybe some of the live events. Uh, he uh, always seems to be traveling. Traveling to uh, those live events. Paul is a great guy. He's been in the industry uh, for about 10 years now and uh, also is uh, a radio personality in uh, Atlanta. He has a, a radio show there and uh, transitioned uh, over the past year uh, to start uh, doing a uh, podcast here for uh, you guys here in uh, the green industry. Uh, of course, called it the Green Industry Podcast. And uh, I think he's been doing a really uh, great job with it some really fun episodes if you tune into his podcast so it was really fun to uh, sit down and uh, do this interview episode. I met Paul originally uh, about a year ago at uh, the Echo uh, UAG event in Chicago. Uh, got to uh, sit down with him uh, during dinner and have a discussion with him uh, about uh, podcasting. He had a bunch of questions, was picking my brain about it, and uh, just uh, you know uh, gave him the best information I could and encouragement uh, for him to uh, you know. Uh, uh, start down and uh, to continue on uh, the journey uh, of podcasting. Uh, I could tell right away uh, with Paul that uh, he absolutely loves the medium. Of course, uh, coming from uh, the radio industry, it was a natural fit for him. So uh, I think this will be a really fun episode. on a side note, uh, we also, uh, you know, we had been discussing back and forth over the past uh, year or so uh, about, uh, you know, interviewing uh, each other on each other's podcasts. And, uh, you know, the time came uh, this, uh, you know, uh, past few weeks here uh, where we started talking about it again here in 2020. 
And uh, we had the idea of uh, releasing uh, the episodes on the exact same day. Uh, I thought it would be a fun idea. It just kind of, um, you know, uh, came across my mind uh, that, um, you know, I asked Paul, hey, how would you feel about, uh, you know, after we record the episodes? I said, I always release my episodes on Tuesday. Uh, Paul, um, he uh, releases his episodes uh, on different days. At least he has in the last uh, few. Uh, months or so so i just asked him hey how about uh how would you feel about releasing both of these episodes uh, on the tuesday uh that way um it'd be fun uh you know for the audiences uh to hear uh, those respective episodes on the same day so if you guys are at all interested after listening to this episode, you can head on over uh, to the Green Industry Podcast and listen to Paul Jamison interview me for the first time. Uh, my very first uh, interview that I've ever done, which was uh, a really surreal experience because I'm usually uh, the one that's, uh, you know, asking the questions, not uh, uh, being the one that uh, is uh, having to come up with those answers on the spot. So it was a bit of a, a little bit of a nerve wracking experience for me but uh, it was a fun time uh throughout so uh really neat uh sort of a cross promotion here uh where you're able to uh, listen to me interview uh, paul on my uh, podcast and uh, you can uh, listen to uh, paul interview me on his podcast so uh it was uh, just a fun time so before we get uh, into it it's time for this week's jobber minute so my question this week what's the best way for lawn care pros to invoice Monthly invoicing for weekly clients seems logical, but it's really time-consuming. Is there a better way? Great question, Julio. This is actually one we get a lot. When it comes to invoicing for regular clients, monthly is the better option. Think about the customer experience. The more invoices and paperwork that they have to deal with, the more likely they're going to put it off and delay that payment. So if you're using Jobber, you can see a running list of all the available jobs for invoicing, batch invoice them all at once, then send them out in a couple clicks. It's literally a few clicks a month. You'll save time on your end and you'll provide a better customer service experience. And at the end of the day, you'll get paid faster because your clients will appreciate the professionalism and feel less overwhelmed. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. If you want to find out more about Jobber and see what Jobber can offer you and your lawn care business, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Jobber. Start a free trial and get 20% off your first six months. So I'm just going to play the podcast announcements and we'll get into this week's episode in its entirety right after this. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at lawncarebusinesssuccess. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do, so I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice. There's no long-term commitments, and you can cancel any time. And get this, even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so I'd like to welcome Paul Jamison from the Green Industry Podcast to the show. How's it going, Paul? 
What's up, Julio? <laughs> I'm doing uh, awesome. So uh, happy to finally be able to do this with you. I know we've been um, thinking about this for a while. You keep um, uh, asking me, uh, hey, when can we do a podcast and stuff together? Uh, and so it's awesome to finally get to do this. This is uh, just, uh, I think, uh, going to be a really enjoyable experience. Yeah, I got a message for you from Mr. Producer on okay. my podcast. So make sure you tell Julio I paid that internet bill. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's funny. So for people that don't uh, uh, know already, we decided to do sort of a fun little cross-promotion of our podcast where um, not only, you know, we had always been planning on interviewing each other on each other's uh, podcast, but uh, I thought, wouldn't it be fun if we released uh, those two episodes on the exact same day. So people could go to my podcast and listen to my uh, episode interviewing you, but then go to your uh, podcast and then listen to you interviewing me, which was very surreal because I ain't used to that. I'm, I'm usually the question asker, not the, uh, the person uh, on the other end uh, uh, having to answer the questions. So uh, that was uh, uh, pretty cool. And I think... In the uh, hot seat. We took it easy. Yeah. On. <laughs> you make it super, super easy uh, to do. In fact, uh, something I wanted to, uh, to talk about uh, right off the bat before we get into uh, your lawn care business and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, through my journey of having a podcast the last five years, I've seen uh, guys come and go attempting to do a podcast. And I think a lot of them don't realize the amount of work that it takes to do a podcast. And from the moment I heard your podcast, I said to myself, this guy's here to stay. And it wasn't because of, you know, some infinite knowledge or anything that you were putting down. It was the, your sheer passion for the actual podcast process and to find out that you're in and have a radio background, I was like, that totally makes sense. Like you love the format and uh, it, it just totally shows from that. For, like I said, the first time I heard it, I was like, this is somebody that's going to be around for a while. I really appreciate that. And I remember you telling me that we were in Chicago at uh, that dinner at that racetrack. Yeah, and yeah. The, the first the time I met you, I was kind of nervous. I was like, oh, man, there's Julio Tomei. <laughs> I think I saw you in the lobby at the hotel. This was an Echo event. Yeah. And honestly, I was I was nervous. I was like, oh, my gosh, Julio Tomei. <laughs> and uh, so I didn't say anything because I was just timid and shy. And then we, we sat at the same table at dinner. Yeah. And uh, you were very encouraging. Everything you just shared, uh, you, you shared with me personally, and that boosted my confidence. And I was, I really appreciated you because I look where you're at having over 200 episodes and I mm -hmm. know how much work yeah. that you put in and to be that consistent. I'm like, that's my goal, but you've done it. And for you to encourage me, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, no, no problem. You know, there's uh, so much that I can say about you that I've taken away from you. Um, just your confidence on the microphone and your, you love people. That's so evident. And, you know, I've talked openly about my introvertness and being super shy and all that. And, you know, I would, you know, talk to people about what do I need to work on? What do I need to do? And people said, you know, you have to be more of a people person. And I'd be like, what is, what's that mean? What does it mean to be a people person? And I remember going to the, you know, dictionary and I went to look up what does people person mean? 
and there was a picture of Paul Jameson under the heading. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. <laughs> yeah. You are the true definition of a people person. You love people. It's it, it just so amazing to see you. You just light up a room when you go into a room and you're always smiling and you're always excited to be there talking to the person that you're talking to. It's just so cool to see. Thank you, man. It's fun. <laughs> uh, podcasting's fun. Being on live radio, podcasting is a piece of cake compared to live radio because live radio, <laughs> it's like, you know, you say one thing wrong, you're fired. Yeah. Like, Podcast is like, I can't fire myself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's less pressure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot less pressure. I would uh, I guess, and I have to say, I I've tuned into the radio station. I was like, let me search uh, radio stations and see, because uh, I knew it was in Atlanta and stuff. And I found you, and I was listening to you on one Friday night, and I think I texted you uh, while you were broadcasting and stuff. And I was just like, wow, this is awesome! Like he's so professional at this uh, radio gig and stuff. I was like, man, that totally makes sense. Why he's so good, so smooth on the radio, on the podcast uh, with his episodes. But uh, yeah, it's just a joy to. Uh, to, to see, I remember at that event, Caleb Allman saying, uh, "What two podcasters in the room? You guys going to start duking it out and stuff?" <laughs> I was yeah, like, well, I remember <laughs> that, uh, what's what does it make? What people don't understand, Julio, is the guys that listen to us. They're out working, and yeah. most guys work at if you own a business, probably eight to ten hours a day. And there's something therapeutic about putting the headphones in and listening to your podcast or my podcast. But there's 10 hours to work. So yeah, yeah. If my episode's 45 minutes. You listen to it, but you still got eight, eight yeah, know, yeah. nine hours to work today. So they can listen to your episode. They can listen to my, my episode. Like, yeah. it's not competition. We're, we're a team. And, yeah. you know, that's why I appreciate that you pump me up. I pump you up. You yeah. know, Brian's law maintenance. He's going to have a podcast. Yeah. Go listen to him. Like, you, you got, there's, you can't put out enough content. No. So Caleb did on that. However, he sponsors my show now, so yes. anyway, <laughs> all right. He tried to get us to, to fight, but uh, <laughs> I, awesome. I appreciate you catching that vision as well, too. That we're going to grow together better than if you're. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's that? What's the thing you always say? Iron sharpens iron. There right? you go. Iron yeah. sharpens iron for sure. Right, right. And, and, and I love just talking to you the other day when we were recording your uh, yep. show for mine. We talked like 20 minutes off air. You're just telling me all this technology and gearhead yeah, yeah. stuff like, oh, you could try this and that. And that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're just nerds like that where we like microphones and yeah, soundboards. Yeah. And, and going through all that. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, uh, you know, it just benefits the community, right? Because they get the benefit of that, right? If I can, um, you know, help you out and save you, you know, months of maybe a technical issue that would make your sound quality better or something like that, why not, right? It just helps everybody in the community, right? There's no, uh, uh, you know, when you have that sort of uh, negative mindset or you have uh, uh, a non-abundant mindset, um, it, right. it, it only hurts yourself, right? So yeah. uh, just, uh, you know, God provides for everybody. There's enough for everybody. Um, yeah, I remember I was interviewing Stanley Genetic, and he talked about that because he said when he started out, he didn't view Keith Kalfas, and um, at the time there was uh, Greek Geek to Freak, yeah. and uh, all those guys. He's like Brian Top Notch, and all those guys. He's like they're not my competition. He's like I'm calling them on the phone. I'm trying to get a hold of them. I wanted to yeah. be friends with them. I want to grow with them. And so yeah, yeah. he got that. And now he's obviously the biggest yeah. YouTuber out of the whole bunch. 
but he didn't view the other guys as his competition. He viewed them as, I'm going to help you grow. You help me grow. We're going to collaborate. Yeah. We're going to yeah. do this together. And, and, you know, Stan is a merge. I mean, he's on a whole nother, he's on, yeah, a, whole he's on a, yeah, he's on a whole nother level. <laughs> he's on a whole another level. I remember with Stan, uh, he had a podcast out as well when I started and we were kind oh, yeah. of, we were kind of neck and neck, not in terms of, you know, who was better than who, but just in the number of podcast episodes. And I think it got to number 88. I put out like my episode 89 and he put out his episode 89 and then he stopped doing podcasts for a while after that. And I thought, well, what's like, I wonder what happened, but he focused, he decided to turn his attention to YouTube. Right. And now looking back with all his subscribers, I'm like, I wonder who made the right decision. <laughs> I wonder who made the right decision there. Like he's totally, uh, but I, I remember, I think it was on your podcast uh, that he was talking um, and, uh, he was talking about, you know, when he goes, he goes all the way that, uh, you know, he researched and everything to be successful on YouTube and all that sort of stuff and just goes in all in. So yeah, lots of awesome nuggets that I've gotten from your podcast, uh, uh, listening. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, awesome to, um, have, uh, some, uh, friendly, uh, competition as they say <laughs> out there, but really not iron competition. Charles iron really yeah. does help. Cause like, okay, Brian's lawn maintenance is getting in the game yeah, yeah. now. So it's like for me and you were like, Oh, he's going to crush it. We already yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, <laughs> a, he's a juggernaut. He's gonna be like, yeah. and, and I actually built a studio for him. So yeah. It's yeah. like, we're, we're helping him and Julio yes. actually build me out because I didn't know what to do uh, yeah, yeah. with the pile and all that. But it makes me want to produce as because now I know, man, everyone's going to be listening to his. People are listening here. It makes me want to put out the best of the best. And hopefully yeah, yeah. it makes you want to put out the best of the yeah, best yeah. in him. So we're all getting better because of it. That's yeah. where the iron and sharpened iron comes from is that it, we're all helping each other get better. So yeah. it's, it's good. Yeah, very, yeah. Very no, good. it's uh, pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and it's going to be an ex I think 2020 is going to be. A breakout year because I've heard from other guys too that are uh, thinking about starting podcasts. So if you're if you're liking podcasts, and obviously if you're listening to this, you do enjoy podcasts. Uh, 2020 is going to be a breakout year for you guys out there listening because there's going to be a ton of uh, new content, uh, and hopefully those guys will. Uh, uh, I have no doubt that Brian will stick with it, but hopefully some of the other guys that I've heard from will stick with it as well and be able to uh, provide uh, you know a lot more content because. You and me, um, you know, we can't do it alone. I know there's some other guys out there as well that are, are pretty consistent as well. Um, but, uh, you know, even with the current um, podcasters out there, we still can't all create enough content for the, because the feedback I get is we want more. We want more, right? Absolutely. Because people, we want to make more profit. We want to make more money. And it's nice. I mean, I listen to other podcasts that are, a generalized business podcast. Yeah. Like, you know, I talk all the time. I listen to Dave Ramsey and some of these other leadership podcasts and everything. But what I like about your podcast, I loved Stan's podcast back when he was yep. uh, putting them out. I mean, I was an avid listener to his, but I specifically, you know, I work in landscaping, I work in lawn care. And so I wanted as niche down and specific as possible is how can I be making the most profit in my lawn care, in my landscaping business? So that's yeah. why I like your show. Julio and uh you know I'm sure Brian's going to step it up and yep. uh you know the goal on my show is to put out content that's related to our industry and and yes. of course there's business advice that works no matter what service based yes. business industry you work and there's some principles that work no matter what the business is whether you're a painter or a roofer 
or a contract or of any sorts, but uh, I like how our industry, you can sit on your mower or sit in your Bobcat and listen to these podcasts and be better for it. So yeah, I'm yes. honored to get to yeah. be part of the crew here. Yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty awesome indeed. Um, so let's start uh, talking a bit about your actual lawn care business. So maybe uh, tell us a bit uh, about uh, that business of yours uh, that you have there. Absolutely. So 10 years ago, I was in a tough spot in my life. Okay. Um, financially, I was just out of college. So I didn't, uh, I didn't, I was young and dumb. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I knew that I needed money. Okay. And uh, I'm walking through the neighborhood. And at the time I had a friend who's a singer and uh, the guy from American Idol, Randy Jackson, uh, or whatever his name is. Yeah. I forget yep. his name. Yeah. Randy Jackson, story short, my, yeah. Randy Jackson calls my friend. And uh, my friend hung up on him because he thought it was a prank. <laughs> my friend's really, my friend was a really talented. Uh, he is an extremely talented singer and guitar player and all that. And uh, he had a mutual friend that was playing uh, playing some music. And Randy Jackson was in the room, and he said, "Who in the world is that?" And uh, they said, "You know, that's Christian, whatever." And he said his name, and he's like, "Call the guy." So he calls him, and he calls my friend, it's Randy Jackson from American Idol, and he and he calls him, and he's like, "Hey, this is Randy Jackson." And my friend's like, "Ah ha ha ha!" And he's like, <laughs> and he thought one of his friends prank calling him. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. hung up on Randy Jackson, <laughs> and then he called back, and he's like, "Hey, uh, this is Randy Jackson." And then my friend just had this weird feeling. He's like, "Sounds just like him." And he's like, yeah. "What if it is?" So he's like, "Hey, will you meet me in Buckhead for dinner?" Buckhead's the fancy part of Atlanta. Okay. So my friend goes down there, still thinking it's a prank, but he's like, "What the heck." It's yeah. worth a shot as an aspiring musician. And he goes down there and then there's black SUV pulls up and going to a steakhouse and uh, bodyguards get out, open the door and Brandy Jackson walks out. My friend is freaking out. He's like, Oh my <laughs> gosh. And basically Randy Jackson's like, um, Hey man, heard you, you got incredible raw talent. You know, they're at this fancy steakhouse. My friend's like, I don't even know how I'm going to afford this. Thankfully Randy paid for it. The fancy. <laughs> yeah multiple hundred dollar dinner and steak and wine and all that lifestyle. And uh, so he's like, yeah, we flew him out West for a year. And I guess they worked, they worked on music. Well, my friend's like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do my music career. Will you, uh, will you live in my house for one year? The mortgage is $928. You got to pay all the utility. You basically got to pretend like you're me for a year and live in the house, pay the 928 bucks and pay the utilities and all that. And I was like, yeah, what, whatever, I'll do it. So I go there, I'm walking through the neighborhood one night. It was, a, I mean, $928 It's not a real nice neighborhood, but it wasn't the hood. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. in between. Yeah. This is in Vancouver now. Atlanta, <laughs> you can live pretty good. <laughs> Up there, man, 928 bucks. That's not going to get you far. No. But in Atlanta, <laughs> this neighborhood was decent. And uh, I'm walking through the neighborhood one night. I'm just kind of on a prayer walk, kind of talking to God about my life, walking around the neighborhood, trying to figure everything out. And Julia, I see this house and the yard is the ugly shard neighborhood is completely overgrown. Everyone else in the neighborhood kept their yards pretty nice. Mm -hmm. And then there was this guy I hadn't cut it in a month, maybe a month and a half. And there's a big for sale sign in the middle of the yard. And I'm thinking, if you're going to have your house on the market, you would want the nicest yard in yeah, the neighborhood. Yeah. If you're a, you know, yes. a real estate agent. So I said, something smells funny here. Like mm -hmm. this makes no sense. Cause like, you want to sell the house, you want to make it look sellable. Yeah, of course. Well, I actually called the number on the real estate sign because this was so, I didn't know, something wasn't connecting the dots here for me. 
So I call the lady and uh, she answers and she's like, hey, and I said, hey, I'm a neighbor and uh, I was just curious why you guys haven't cut the grass on the yard you're trying to sell. And she said, oh, we had a tragedy with our lawn care guy. He went to the hospital and then he kept telling us he'll be out in a week. And then we've been working with him for 20 years. So we wanted to give him mm. business. He kept saying, I'll be out in a week, a week, week. And yeah, he kept yeah. getting put off. So she's like, now it got, it's getting to the point where we're going to have to hire someone else until he can get back on his feet. And she says, what's your quote? Now, I don't even have, I, ha- I had a, uh, I don't like to use the word ghetto, but it was a ghetto mower. I'm not going to say the brand or the name. It's one of the yeah. ones you get at the cheap store. And it's yeah, yeah. Less, it, was, it was ridiculous. No <laughs> self-propel, no nothing. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I cut the, uh, my friend's yard on um, while he was gone. And half time, it I mean, you have to kick it to make it start. You wouldn't even start. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know how I got Almost you had to go out with scissors to cut yeah. the grass. <laughs> but when you're needing money, and she says, what's your quote? It was like a cartoon. Boop. The light bulb went off my head. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I can make money. <laughs> and so I don't know why. Uh, I said $60. Now that wasn't, this was majorly overgrown. It needed like double, triple cut and mm. uh, we needed, uh, that wasn't the right price. Yeah. So needless to say, I lost, it cost me, you know, probably $150. I, 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 lo- I lost so much money on my first job, but she says you're hired. So I go over to my house and I get the mower. And uh, I try to cut the grass and it wouldn't even, as soon as I turned the mower on, the grass was so high, it would just cut off. (laughs) I had to to pay my friend to come cut it. And then he wouldn't, he didn't even weed it. He just cut it. And then, uh, I don't even want to remember that first job, but that's how I got started. Wow. She sent me a check for 60 bucks and I'm, you know, I'm already paid my friend and all this other stuff. It was, I lost money. I'm in the red on job one. But then she's like, hey, we got another yard in the neighborhood across the street. Can you do that yard? Mm -hmm. So then I go and do that yard. Then when I'm doing that yard, the neighbor comes out and says, hey, can you do my, and next thing you know, I go down and I print, you know, I have business cards printed. And then the people, the one guy at church, he had a, uh, he lived in a million dollar, $1.5 million house in a really nice neighborhood. So he's like, hey, can you come do my yard? So it was like my fourth yard and it was a very, I mean, a golf course in the backyard, 1.5 nice. million in Vancouver's nothing. But in Atlanta, it's a, <laughs> like a mansion, Yeah, yeah. you know, really nice house. And uh, so then I got going and uh, first few years I was a disaster uh, in the sense of I didn't understand overhead. I didn't know mm. what I was doing. I didn't understand quarterly taxes. Yeah, yeah. Everything wrong you could do. Oh, I've done it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Those first few years. Uh, but then I started figuring out with some mentors what it, you know, what it costs to run a business, mm-hmm. all my operational expenses, what I need to be charging per hour. I started to get some amazing clients that, you know, play in the NFL, coaching the NFL, and that's yeah. the National Football League down here um, for the Atlanta Falcons. And a lot of these guys play for other teams, but they live in Atlanta because yeah. you can live like a king here. And so now, you know, we've got a decade under our belt. We're making profit. We got really good customers and uh, got into landscaping you know, doing a lot of installations and mm-hmm. make good uh, profit margins on doing in- landscape installs. And uh, so that's a little bit about the uh, journey of cutting that grass and eventually making that cash. Awesome. That's a very uh, crazy story. I think a lot, the one that a lot of guys can relate to that starting out, I can think of, you know, when you said uh, putting the mower on there and as soon as you start cutting it, cut out and stuff. <laughs> I, and I was thinking, 
I know exactly what that feels like because I've been there, you know, trying to cut a lawn and trying to, you know, do it in one pass or something like that. And it's just like, it just stops right away. It <laughs> cuts out. Oh, yeah. And, and Julia, I had a Honda Accord um, car. So my, I was very fortunate. My buddy uh, had just purchased a nursery. He had mm. a landscaping company. So he still had all these commercial mowers and uh, weed eaters and everything. He had the yeah. whole setup, everything. And he just hadn't gotten around to selling it yet because the spring okay. rush hit yeah, the nursery. Yeah. So he was just slammed at, you know, as you can imagine, selling plants in springtime yep. and flowers and all that. So he's like, hey, anything you need to use until you can get yourself your business established, feel free to use. So I had access. I was huge blessing. I had access to, you know, the, he he used all steel back then. So I had a steel weed eater, hedge tra- everything. Awesome. But I didn't have a truck. Yeah, yeah. So I would put it, you know, if I if I could angle the weed eater into the back seat, and then I would I could uh di- you know go um diagonal. Uh, through the passenger side and put the window down and the, the head of the weed eater would stick out the window. That's, that was my business. That's how it worked. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I would go into these gated, you know, you go through security, gated million dollar neighborhoods, my ghetto. It was actually, I was renting it for $150 from this lady. And then eventually she called me and she's like, Hey, we need, something happened. And she's like, we need to get the the car back after this month. So I returned it to her and then she went ballistic because it smelled like gasoline. She's like, what in the world? Did you spill gas in here? And I was like, actually I did one day. <laughs> I was running away. She's like, you ran a lawn care company out of the car we rented? I was like, oh yeah. And uh, anyway, that, that didn't go too well. <laughs> that's quite That the, was my humble beginnings. That's your humble beginnings. Wow. That's uh, quite the journey uh, that uh, you started out on. Uh, absolutely uh, amazing that uh, you've been able to uh, persist and uh, get to where you are uh, today. Really inspiring. Um, my next question that I usually ask people is, uh, you know, is uh, lawn care your main income or a side hustle? Now, this is a bit different for you because your lawn care business, I would consider, is your full-time business. It's not, uh, but you still maintain your love of radio broadcasting and you still, so maybe talk to us a bit about how that, how you got into radio and uh, how that sort of journey transitioned from radio to doing lawn care and, and, and then ultimately doing both at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So I still remember years ago, exactly where I was when I got the phone call. I was visiting my sister at Charleston, South Carolina. We're laying out, there's a really nice pool. Uh, where her friend lived. And I had a gym there. So I was just in a good mood, just got a nice little workout in. I'm laying out at the pool, beautiful day. And uh, I get a phone call from the general manager at the big radio station uh, here in Atlanta. It's the second largest Christian radio station in Atlanta, which is in Atlanta. Excuse me. It's the center of the Bible Belt. So it's okay. Christian radio is a big deal yeah, yeah. in Atlanta. And I, ha- I was friends with the general manager at the station and he calls me out of the blue and I'm like, why is he calling me? And he, he called me. He's like, Hey, he's like, uh, we're looking for someone, uh, to do a couple nights a week on our, Oh, we're going to start an overnight show from midnight to 6am. Uh, what would you think about being on the radio? And I said, well, I've never been on the radio. I don't, you know, I don't know about that. And, uh, he says, well, he's like, I know you love the Lord. And so that's, we need content. That's what the content is about, you know, from midnight to 6am. He's like, I know you got that down. So I'll teach you the radio. And uh, he literally did. So I started 
do an overnight radio from midnight to 6 a.m. I'd sit in the office with the general manager and some of his staff, and it's called an air check. They'd play what I would say on the radio, okay. play it, and then they'd critique it. So I paused at the right time. I didn't have enough energy. I mean, they would just break down every single thing I said on the radio. And at the time, I would be depressed because I'd be like, man, I, I'm not that good of a broadcaster because they would tear me to pieces. But little did I know it was teaching me how to talk on the radio, which would wow. eventually fill out into my podcast. And, you know, I've been professionally trained by these voice coaches, essentially, yeah. of how to be a professional broadcaster. Well, that uh, you did about a year and a half in the night watch. And the overnight shift, midnight to 6 a.m., graveyard shift, man. I had a bunch of police officers and a bunch of friends that listened, uh, that did the overnight shift here in Atlanta. Well, then they said, hey, you're doing really good. We want to give you a show in prime time. And I said, wow. So it's 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. here in Atlanta. Atlanta is a major city. Yes. New York City is a little bit bigger, Um, you know, Houston, L.A., but then Atlanta. I mean, it's it's one of the biggest cities in the world. It's gigantic. So I was like, Wow. And so at this point, I'm excited and I'm, I'm doing um, radio, you know, 10 to 2. Everything's going good. But I, uh, what's the saying? You burn the candle at both ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think because that's- I'm sitting here doing uh, landscaping, you know, I'm doing these $15,000 landscape jobs. But I have to do my radio show from 10 to 2. So I would drop my crew off in the morning. There'd be like four or five guys working for me doing the job. And then I'd go and work at the radio station from 10 to 2. And then they'd call me. They'd have some problem. And I'm, I can't get to them till like 2.30. It was impossible. Yeah. So I met with the owner at the radio station. And I was like, I am absolutely torn because I love radio. But I also have this, it, mathematically, it doesn't make sense if someone's paying you $15,000 for a yes. job that takes two or three days yeah. versus, uh, you know, radio. It depends where you're at in the thing. Yes. But I was making more money potentially doing landscaping and I had a bunch of student loan debt and the owner at the station was like, well, why don't you do landscaping and uh, pay off your debt? And we love what you're doing here. You can do a primetime show on weekends and uh, that way you can kind of do both. So Mm -hmm. I was like, cool. So it was, but it was, it was one of the toughest decisions of my life because my audience misses me. I miss them. It was, oh, it was painful, Julio, to, um, it was like one of those decisions where you're like, I don't really want to do this, but I can't, I mean, they have to shut down my landscaping company or if I stick to the radio on the weekends, then yeah. I still get to at least do that a little bit. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of where we had, we headed where I just focus on my landscaping company during the week. And uh, I still have a radio show uh, on Sundays and uh, I fill in quite a bit when they need me. And then of course I started the podcast. So I do have a lot of income coming in from different streams from yeah. the lawn care and landscaping from the radio and from the podcast. And it all, you know, it all uh, comes in in various ways, but uh, yeah. that's the story. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. And actually, um, you know, I could really feel um, when you were mentioning there, um, you know, being at sort of that crossroads, being torn uh, with that decision, because uh, it's so interesting that, um, you know, you had no, not even an inkling of being a radio uh, host and this person phones you right out of the blue. It's like um, you were like the anointed one for this, like it was God choosing you for this role. And throughout the years, 
it's shown that you are absolutely natural on talking on the radio, talking on podcasts. Like it's, it's, it's all as if it's what you're meant to do. So I can understand that that would be a huge decision um, when you're looking at the landscaping business, which is doing really well. And you obviously enjoy that too, because if you weren't, you wouldn't, uh, you know, continue doing that because landscaping is not easy. Um, but uh, yeah, I could really feel that um, sort of, uh, you know, defining moment there uh, when you were talking. Um, so my next question is one that I love to ask because there's no right or wrong answer. And it kind of, you know, um, dances on that line there uh, that you were talking about. And it's, it's how would you define success? Ooh, that's a great question. I, I think uh, in terms of, this is kind of getting deep, but yep. in terms of eternity, um, my personal belief, you know, is that one day I will stand before the Lord and I'm going to have to give an account for my whole life from mm -hmm. everything that I've done you know, over my whole life and success will be on that day. You know, my, my dream is to stand before Jesus and have him say, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant and actually give me a reward in heaven that will last. You know, no thief can go into heaven and take it away from me. Rust can't destroy it, but it's, it's an eternal reward. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's success. I'm thinking past this life Mm -hmm. into that life and how that translates back into 2020 in this life is I don't want to waste time doing things that don't have eternal significance. I don't want to waste time doing things that are temporary successes, but I, I want to have eternal success. So mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of how I view uh, what is success. And uh, you know, that's living right. That's um, you know, doing the right thing and um, in business that's being profitable Yep. You know, I think you're unsuccessful those years in business when I wasn't profitable. I mean, I was unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love listening to podcasts like yours and learning how can I make sure I'm profitable? How, how yeah. can I make sure I'm successful? Now, success profits only a small part of the pie of success. You know, in my, yeah. in my definition, yeah. success is more than just being profitable. But if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a small business owner, being profitable is definitely a part of success, but I yeah. want to have the integrity uh, to go with the profit as well. So. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's uh, something that can be, um, you know, people can uh, sometimes look upon it um, as a bad or negative thing. Like if you're out trying to make money, like for instance, um, you know, being a lawn care uh, guy, you wouldn't, uh, people aren't going to expect or say that, you know, you're out there making money, cutting lawns, that that's a bad thing that you expect to make a profit. Um, but I think people get confused sometimes when they look at some of the guys that have transitioned from that and are doing things like what we're doing with podcasts and things like that and, and maybe trying to work with sponsors and, and that. And then that all sometimes in a lot of guys or uh, in a lot of minds of people, it starts to seem dirty, like, oh, you're just in it for the money sort of thing that you're just trying to do this to make money or you just want to get free equipment or you're, and it's like, but I wouldn't expect you to go to, you know, invest everything that you've invested in your lawn care business and then go do lawns for free. Like you're yeah, absolutely, you know, I heard, uh, I've read a book years ago called thou shall prosper. I actually just saw it today. I was cleaning out my closet. 
And uh, it's by uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. He's a Jewish rabbi. Mm -hmm. And he talks about a candle because Jewish people are some of the wealthiest people in the world. You know what I mean? They're just a small percentage of the population, but they're they're the richest and Mm -hmm. they're such a small and they're scattered and it just it, it doesn't make any sense and he he explains it in his book why jewish people are so wealthy and um he said that their mindset is that if if you have a candle julio mm-hmm. and it's burnt it's it's got a flame on it, it it's it's uh wicks you know got yeah. the fire going and then i have a candle and you take your candle and you push it on my candle yeah what happens now both of our candles are are burn you know are, yeah. are going and he's like that's how business is it's it, it, a Jewish mindset is it's a win win I have a product or I have a service and when I give it to you you're blessed and you give me money in return and I'm blessed but the but both of our candles are burning it's it's a win win yeah and uh, does that make any sense yeah yeah no absolutely and so, makes sense. Yeah. I, you know I, I view it as if if you listen to my podcast hopefully <laughs> uh, that when you're done listening, you'll be better for it. Like yeah, yeah. it was worth your time. And so the time and energy I put into making my podcast, if a company comes along and says, Hey, we want to pay you to, uh, you know, run a commercial on your show. Well, I'm winning cause they're paying me and you're winning cause you're listening for free. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's free. <clears throat> yeah. You're taking the time <clears throat> to listen to it. So whether it's a, in a media company or in our lawn care company, you know, in the, the example in lawn care is your grass is shaggy, your bushes need trimmed, you got yep. no edge. And we come in there and I edge it perfect along the driveway, along the sidewalk. I trim those bushes perfectly. I clean up those clippings. I put them stripes down like Blake Albertson, baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's striped up, striped nation. And, uh, you know, I, I blow it with my echo blower <laughs> and uh, everything's looking perfect. Yeah. And then you pay me good, good, good amount of money. Pay, you know, yeah. pay me good. And it's a win-win because yeah. now your property is looking good. And, and so I let your candle and then you gave me money. You yeah. lit my candle. And the yeah. Jew is, I mean, on, on uh Friday nights, a lot of time I, I went to a, uh, I'm not Jewish, but I went to a, I have a friend who's Jewish yeah. and he invited me on a Friday night to this, uh, I forget the name, Shabbat dinner or something. They do it on okay, Friday yeah. nights. So he invited me over to his family and I'm sitting there and it's like, it got a white tablecloth and we're eating and I'm kind of a little out of my, you know, a little uncomfortable. You just want to yeah. be dumb and just kind of go with the flow. It's, I, I don't do this tradition, but I'm a guest. And so I'm sitting there and they have a wine glass, a nice wine glass. And he takes a bottle of wine and he starts pouring it into the cup and a nice house, nice tablecloth and everything. And I'm like, he's going to, it's going to overflow. And next thing you know, he pours the wine and it literally overflowed and it spilled all over the tablecloth. And he, and he basically was doing that symbolic as this next week, we want God's blessings to overflow mm-hmm. in your life and oh, nice. have abundance. And, yeah. and so that's, that's their mentality is, yeah. like, you know, profit's good. And so I, I know you can step into the spot then where you get greedy and that's not good. Yes. You, you know, but that's not what we're talking about. We're no. talking about you no. have a wife, you have kids, I have debt to pay off. Like we need to make money. We yeah. need to be profitable. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm passionate about profit and yeah. that we're not out there in vain. Cause I've done, I, I joked about my first three years now mm-hmm. and I was lighthearted about it. Yeah. But at the time I was stressed out. I was, there's nothing worse than working eight hours in a day. And when you really look at 
the bank accounts and the profit and loss statement, you realize you lost money. That's the worst feeling yeah. uh, as a, as a business owner that yeah. you spent hard effort work <laughs> yeah, only yeah. to be in pain and lose money. So yeah. I, I'm passionate about profit and it's, yeah. I'm unashamed about it. Yeah, no, no, that's awesome. It's uh, some great, uh, uh, tidbits and, and lessons that can be learned there. You mentioned there being, um, you know, uh, having those tough times in the beginning. And I know that you're, uh, you're single and you don't have any kids. Um, and I know I shared on your podcast about, uh, you know, my first year in business and sort of going through that as well. And, you know, finding out that, Hey, like, you know, I wasn't good at my numbers and stuff and finding out that at the end of the year, I could have made more money working at McDonald's than the year. Right. And that only that feeling that you felt, only amplifies when you're a dad and you have kids and you're like, wow, like, like I'm a total failure. Like, you know, I've got all these, these, these mouths to feed and stuff and you, it's just amplifies that. So, uh, just absolutely, uh, uh, you know, a, a great point to, to bring across there. Another thing that you mentioned there was, uh, you know, thinking about uh, sort of the, the eternity and, uh, you know, not doing things sort of short and, I totally relate to that. I'm totally on that same vibe. In fact, on New Year's uh, Eve, I went out with my family to a dinner dance and, uh, you know, somebody said, uh, you know, the discussion revolved around doing something and they said, um, you know, life is short. You only live once. And I said, but who's to say, like, whoever said anything about this being our only life? that this is where it ends. Like you die and that's it. Like life is eternal. Your physical body, maybe this is it. But, you know, if you're uh, uh, spiritual or, uh, you know, believe in the Lord and stuff, then you know that there's more to it than just these, this short little uh, time that we're on this planet walking around. So that really uh, hit home with me when you said that uh, as well. So pretty uh, profound stuff. Um, so I wanted to dig a little bit because I listened, uh, you know, to your podcast all the time and you mentioned um, your challenges with debt um, and student debt. Uh, and uh, so I wanted to uh, sort of uh, dig into that a little bit um, and just nothing like with numbers or anything, but just more your struggle with it and sort of your uh, what you've learned uh, from that process. So maybe talk a little bit about how you got into that debt and, um, you know, your challenges with that. Yeah. Well, this goes back to when I was uh, young and dumb. And yep. uh, I remember uh, this was before I gave my life to Jesus, uh, okay. by the way. My friend Nathan, uh, we're golfing. He's like, you got to go to Ohio University, man. He's like, I just was down there this weekend, six to one girl ratios. I walked into the party. <laughs> there's hot girls everywhere and there's only a few guys and all these hot girls are all around me and it's all you and me going on and on and on. He's like, you got to go to OU man. And, and, uh, so I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to Ohio university, you know, sign me up. And I was a junior in high school at the time. Well, and I was, so I'm going there to party. That was, uh, so anyway, I got, I got a enroll or, uh, applied, accepted, Enrolled. Well, then Jesus changed my life in June of 2004, and I quit. Mm-hmm. I, I never. I had one beer my whole college career at the big party school, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I never touched it. You know, I, I didn't yeah. do anything with the girls. I'm, I'm saving myself for marriage. So I, yeah, yeah. my whole plan of going there was to chase the women and party. <laughs> and Jesus changed my life, and I yeah, never yeah. did that. But yeah. I still ended up going to college there. And um, 
my parents are awesome. They paid the first two years. It's 20, I don't mind talking numbers. Um, okay. uh, but it was $20,000 a year. And my parents had saved up and, you know, wanted to bless me. And I think they saved up $40,000 for me to go to college. Well, my dumb butt went to such an expensive school, you know, that would have back in the day that would have covered tuition and everything yeah, yeah. for four years. Yeah. I went to a school that was so expensive that it only covered two years. So they're like, yeah. well, pay your first two years, but you're on your own. I was like, ah, whatever. I'll yeah. You got, you got, you got, you got greedy because all the other schools were only a three to one girl ratio. You wanted the six. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. And that you, you, then my motives changed. I wasn't looking for yeah, yeah. some <laughs> blood. I was looking for a girl yes. with character, yeah. you know, yeah. and still searching. Uh, by yeah, yeah. The way. So <laughs> I'm, I'm picky uh, when it comes yeah. to uh, character, but uh, so now I'm, I'm, I'm my junior year, $20,000. I don't, that doesn't compute to somebody who's making $8 uh, an hour. Um, you know, my, I think I was making $8 or $9 an hour at the uh, dining hall at the college. And it was $20,000 is what I borrowed that year. And then $20,000 the next year. And then I didn't become a doctor, but it did take me five years to get out of school. So then I took another, you know, another chunk of money. Well, I get out of school and I, uh, the student loan was due and I called them and I didn't know what I was doing. They're like, Oh, no big deal. You, you can take a year off of paying and it can do a forbearance. And so I'm like, Oh, sweet. Thank you. Mm. And, uh, I didn't understand that the interest was still accruing. Yeah. So, so then the next year comes up and they're like, Hey, you need another year of forbearance? No problem. And I'm thinking mm. it's a blessing. Yeah. And little yeah. did I know that 40,000 it, because of the interest is going into 42, 44, yeah, yeah, yeah. 46, 48. And it just keeps going. And even though I'm not paying it, just the debt keeps on growing and growing and growing. So eventually um, I started, I, I started listening to Dave Ramsey. <laughs> that guy gets on my nerves in a good way. And he's like, <laughs> you got to pay off your debt. You got to pay yeah, off yeah. your debt. You got to pay off your debt. So now I, uh, I live as simply as I can and I'm still mm-hmm. cleaning up, um, some of my student loan debts and uh, I hate the debt, but once it's gone, no more debt. So if I would go back and there's an 18, 20 year old kid listening to this right now, Julio, I would tell them if you are going to go to school, don't go to one of those expensive ones. And Mm -hmm. you know, there's those community schools where it's reasonable two, three, $4,000 and you can actually get a good job cutting grass and uh, at the right prices, make some money and pay as you go and, or pay up front or whatever, but don't do the debt. Um, it's, I regret it so much. And I didn't learn really anything in college that I applied to my life today. It was just a waste of money. <laughs> um, and ton of, I, I don't even, every year they send me this um, form of how much thousands of dollars I paid in interest. Cause you Ooh. can write that off your taxes. Yeah. And every year I'm like, I paid three thousand dollars in yeah. just interest. That's just not interest. Yeah, yeah. just interest. I know it's. I'm like, man, <laughs> if I had all the interest now, I mean, I could buy a really nice truck. I could buy a Thunder. Yeah, Thunder. <laughs> there you that's go. That's Brian's truck. Yeah, yeah. But instead, I paid it the stupid student loan. So that's yeah, another yeah. mistake I made yeah. in life that I'm I'm cleaning up the mess, paying mm-hmm. the consequence for my stupid decision. But in the future, I, I know that I don't. There's you. I'm not going to do debt in the future. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not worth it. Yeah, no, it's definitely not worth it. I learned that uh, uh, lesson as well. I just, uh, you know, hated uh, any sort of monthly payment on anything. I remember buying a new vehicle once and, you know, 
four or five months in going, well, that was a dumb decision, right? Because I really don't like uh, paying this every month and, and seeing that sort of interest ratio. And it's, it's really a bit of a racket. Um, when you were mentioning uh, with that, uh, you know, sort of deferring those payments, it's what they're doing right now in Vancouver because of the cost of real estate. People um, who have lived in their homes, say, for 40 years, and when real estate was affordable and now that real estate is out of control, well, your property taxes that are due every year are based on the current market value. So you now have a situation where there's seniors that have lived in their house for 40 years and they're getting a property tax bill for $9,000. And, and they're like, oh, I can't afford, I'm on a pension. I can't afford 9,000. So what the city's plan was, was you can defer that and you can not pay it. And then so that it lets you oh, live in God. your home to live the rest of your lot, your years out. But then they will take all the tax owing plus interest when you pass away and the property gets sold and they take it off of that uh, oh, sale God. price. But it's like, well, then you're taking away. <laughs> so it's just this racket that's just like uh, insane around the world where they just, you know, uh, debt is not your friend in any, um, you know, sort of uh, shape or form. Yeah, well, that situation is a little bit different, but the, yeah. the thing I don't like about debt, is, and in general, it's just a life principle. You can't afford it. And in my case, it was an education. I, yeah. I mean, thankfully, my parents could afford my first two years, but I couldn't afford my last two years. But the the deceptive trick is, well, you can have it now and just pay it, pay it back later. Yeah, yeah. But it's never worth it. I'm st- I'm in no, my thirties no. now, and I'm still paying it back. Yeah, it, yeah. It, you know what I mean? It's, it's not worth it. And, yeah, so, no. and even with the vehicle and all that stuff, I mean, I got a, my truck's paid off. It's a little older, but, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't have a car payment. I, I got yeah. an older truck. I don't care. Yeah. Um, it's nice that you, you can get something right away, but then you got to pay, pay yeah. it later. I, I don't absolutely. like that. I'd rather just save up and pay cash for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's very easy to sign a piece of paper <laughs> and drive away with something or thing, but you got to look at the, what that actually means in the long term and, and how much you're going to pay. Uh, in uh, interest. Um, I wanted to talk about your openness because you are very much an open book. Um, and you mentioned it a bit there in uh, one of your answers uh, in talking about uh, your student debt, uh, but also how uh, midway through that, that uh, you found Jesus. And mm-hmm. I listened to an episode that you did, I think it was with Keith Kalfas. Uh, yep. and was it Sean Spencer? Yep. Um, and that was very open. Um, you laid it all on, on the line there, um, talking about that whole journey. And I thought it was very profound that you were sharing that. So, you know, you talked about that debt, you talked about your, as you mentioned here as well, uh, your love life and being picky and looking for the right person and stuff. Um, so what compels you to be so open to your audience about uh, stuff like that? Well, I still have a fear of man. Uh, you know, sometimes you can, I can, I get uh, timid or uh, I get um, nervous or I, you know, yeah. I, 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 I want to, I want to draw back. I was on Fox news one time with uh, Barack Obama and huh? Hillary Clinton. They were, um, they were running against each other yeah. in Ohio okay. uh, for president. And uh, at my college, my professor picked one. Uh, this is one cool story, I guess, that okay, came out cool. of the whole $100,000 college <laughs> experience. 
but my teacher, Fox News was coming live on our campus. And it was the day after the election. Uh, now, they, they were fighting for the spot. Um, I'm not getting political in here, so nope. don't, don't yep. worry about that. I'm just telling the story about Fox News. But whoever won that had to face John McCain. Okay. And so I'm not going to get into politics. But I will say that the, my teacher invited me. Fox News is like, we want to interview a few of the students. So you, in my teacher, I was in a political science class. They're like, okay. you get to pick your best. You're, you're, you're one person that you want to put on national television, you know, and Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were on the show too. So okay. like, they were a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my teacher picked me. So I'm pumped up. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And, uh, so, uh, I get, I get on the show and I'm like, you know, uh, Jesus, I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to stand up for you. Like I'm, mm. you know, I'm, I'm giving myself a pep talk. Yeah. And then I see Barack Obama. They were like little squares, like you are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were on the show and I see Hillary Clinton and then I'm on, it's all called Fox and friends. This is a morning show. My heart's going like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm so nervous. And, uh, the lights are so bright. Uh, like it's like they build a studio. Uh, it was like a remote studio, you know, Fox News symbol all around me. And they put the microphone in front of my face. And Julia, I, I, uh, my courage went to nothing. And I, I, just, I said about the most politically correct things. I just, I, I didn't do a good job. And I was, I, I literally, I felt like the biggest failure. I'm like, I got put in front of Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, national television. And I, peed down my leg. You're like, I, just, I, I, I didn't do, I didn't do a courageous job. And so part of me now that, that wound was so like, you you don't get bigger than yeah. uh, the president of the United States, yeah. you know, is he might've been listening or he might've been like, you know, he was in the little bubble, you know what yes, I mean? Yes. But he might've been just like, whatever. Yeah, but it, to be on TV with Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and then I'm the college student, like getting to share my two cents. So anyway, I did such a bad job that it wounded me so much. So mm. now I'm kind of like in redemption mode. Okay. And uh, so it's kind of like opportunities like this. It's like, okay, I'm, I don't want to be so uh, unashamed. Mm. Uh, if you will. And, and the story of how Jesus changed my life. I mean, that's the, that's the main thing that I think I start talking about and everyone kind of stops and pauses and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what happened? But it really just in a nutshell, for those of you who didn't hear the story, I had a parents that were kind of strict. Like I had a curfew of when I had to go home every night mm -hmm. in high school. And so me and my buddies were going to Myrtle beach, South Carolina to party, party, party. And there's going to be no curfew. So my yeah. agenda was we literally filled up a car and we flew down and then one guy drove down with all of our beer. The, the, we had so much beer in the car for 10 days of drinking, mm. drugs, all that. And we're going to, you know, I'm going to chase the girls uh, on the beach 10 days. It's going to be the best 10 days of my life. And when I went, uh, the Holy Spirit started convicting me of my sins. Mm. And I began to think about heaven and hell and eternity. And it just started having these encounters with Jesus. And, and I just, I, it was a, uh, 10 days of chaos in my soul and mm. it ended it was in Atlanta at the airport and I, I was so scared to go to hell I didn't want to you know and the Bible talks about hell it's like I was like I don't want to take any chance <laughs> I don't want to go there yeah and so Jesus I gave my life to Jesus I said you know I, I quit drinking I'll quit doing stuff with girls I'll save you know I'll save myself for marriage whatever you mm -hmm. want 
I give you my whole life, Jesus. I give you my whole heart. I give you everything I got. The rest of my days, it's yours. And I was here in Atlanta in the airport. And uh, then I've been, you know, walking that out the last 15 years. I mean, I've made a lot of stupid, bad decisions. I have to get back up and ask God to forgive me. But I keep, you know, pressing on to try mm-hmm. to, to, to live for him. And, and, and uh, I'm convinced beyond a shadow of my doubt that Jesus is alive, that he rose from the grave. And I'm going to stand mm-hmm. before him again and give an account for my life. And so... I'm unashamed about it now Mm -hmm. um, talking about that, but that's the most important part of my life. And of course that affects my business because I want to operate my business with integrity and, you know, do the right thing and, and uh, all of that. But yeah, Jesus changed my life. And so, and and, and it was unexpected. Like it wasn't like, Oh, I want to seek out a religion or I want to get closer to God. No, I was going to, I was going going the other, yeah, you were going the other side. (laughs) And the risen King, just boom, he got yeah, the yeah. Of my heart and uh, my life has, has radically changed. So yeah, no, it's a very profound story. And I would encourage any of my listeners uh, who haven't heard that podcast episode. It's a long one, but it's, uh, it'll keep you um, on, you know, totally captivated the whole entire episode, uh, listening uh, to your story and, uh, uh, you know, the details of it. Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to thank you about uh, sharing that uh, particular episode as well. Um, so, uh, the kind of segment here in uh, with those struggles and maybe struggles with your uh, lawn care business and maybe share with us a time, you mentioned when you started out, that was a bit of a struggle, but maybe once you were sort of in your business, um, you know, share with us a time that you struggled in your business and what you learned or did to overcome it. Okay. So it's kind of another pinnacle moment in my life. I, I was working so hard and I felt like I was making, you know, I'm doing well, you know, six figures a year revenue, you know, no problem. And, but I just, I felt like I could barely pay my bills and just, it was like a rat in a wheel. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to my friend, I actually had him on the show uh, before and interviewed him. And I'm like, can you help me? It was, it was a humbling moment because everyone thought, man, you got, you know, you're doing all these fancy yards and you got it all together. And like my image, everyone else was like, I was crushing it. You know what I mean? And uh, that can be some of the deceptions of Instagram and everything. You know what I mean? Because people, yeah. oh man, you're just crushing or whatever. So my one friend, I knew he had worked for um, Brickman. They got bought or merged or whatever, but he worked for these big companies and they are so meticulous about their numbers. You know what I mean? And, and I, I knew he knew his numbers so well. So I humbled myself and I said, Hey, I really wanted to ask you, can you thumb through my bank accounts, through my spreadsheets, through my profit and loss statements, through my numbers, and just tell me, am, I feel like I'm not doing this right, but can you like look at it and tell me what I'm missing here? Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's like, yeah, tr- you know, bring me, uh, how much time you're on each property, which thankfully I was keeping track of all that. I'd clock in, yep. you know, I get to Miss Susie's house at 11.03 a.m. We got done at 12.03 p.m., you know, one hour, but there's two of us, so it's two man hour. And I had that stats for 52 weeks of the year, so I could average how much I was at her house and then how much I was charging her. So thankfully I was a nerd with my statistics, my a- analytics and all mm-hmm. of my uh, stats. So I bring him all the numbers and he's sitting there, his wife's over in the kitchen making dinner and he's got his pen. He's puts his glasses on his nose, like in the movies and he's making marks. 
Hey, he's looking at my numbers. How, you know, how long I'm there and how much they're paying me and how much that is per hour. And he's doing all these calculations. And finally, Julio, he pauses. And it was like a movie. It was like his wife stopped. Like you could feel the pot, like stop and okay. the spoon. He puts his glasses down and he's just staring at me. And, uh, I'm sitting there and I was like, not good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he's sitting there, he's shaking his head and he's like, how are you even paying your bills? <laughs> wow. And uh, he's like, this is not good at all, Paul. And because he knows the numbers of the billion dollar company, you know, Brickman, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if you guys had them up in Vancouver, no, but, they're like, but I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah, yeah. So, and he knows exactly what they're looking for. Cause he sits in these meetings and with the other companies where they just sit and they just do numbers and profit margins and all this dialogue that when, you're just by yourself. You're not in those, you're not in no, those no. meetings. You're not in those conversations. You have to yeah. do it all yourself. So, and he was very humble, but he was basically like, you're not doing a good job, Paul. Your efficiency is going to have to shoot up through the roof. Like you're not being efficient enough. And then the main thing that he kept emphasizing to me is your prices aren't even close to being where they should be. Mm. Like her man hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in Atlanta, it's, the, the minimum average is about 50 minimum average. Like if you're not making $50 per man per hour in Atlanta, you're, you're not making it. And uh, I, I was dramatic, the actual numbers. Um, I was below that okay. um, when it was all said and done. And he's like, you know, we got to get you up, you know, way past that mark, you know, and uh, per man per hour, you got to be making more money. And so I immediately started raising my prices immediately. And, uh, since then I've just continued raising and raising and raising them to now I've overcompensated so much. It's hard for me to land jobs because most people say, no, you know, my price yeah, is yeah. too high. And, um, but that's, I, I I'm, I'm never going to go back to where I'm getting everyone to say yes. And I'm doing it at yeah, a low yeah. price and I'm not making money. So now I'm, when I do get them, they are at the right price. I am profitable and we fixed the problems that were there. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, that was not fun. And uh, leaving there that day, I it, it was the biggest wake up call of my moment. And it was good to have it from a mentor who's you know he's in his fifties, yeah, he's yeah. worked for these big companies. I trusted him, and I knew he wasn't going to go and tell everyone, oh Paul's not good at business. Like yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. there was confidence in, in in his. He was trustworthy, and then yeah, he kept yeah. accountable. He would call me, and he's like, hey, how's oh, your numbers? Awesome. How's your mm-hmm. you know how's your profits? Are you charging enough? How's your schedule like? How's your efficiency? And he's literally, he called me like two days ago, just checking in on my business, making sure that I'm making enough huh? money, making sure yeah. that I'm not, um, that I'm not blowing money, um, Julio mm-hmm. on lifestyle, but then I'm being diligent to pay off my debt. Um, so it's good to have mentors like that who will keep you in check. Um, yeah, so. absolutely. Very cool. That's awesome that he's still uh, checking in on you. Um, yeah. So what would you say with your experience in the, you know, 10 years or so in uh, your business, uh, would you say is a hidden pitfall with running a lawn care business that you see that prevents people from succeeding? Um, there, there's a couple things and, and I'll get more vulnerable and personal um, as well. And this is a little bit of a left-hand turn, but okay. I've gotten injured. Uh, I've gotten mm-hmm. shoulder. My shoulder has hurt really yeah. bad. I've gone to uh, doctors. It's 95 bucks per each time I go, I got to pay 95 bucks and I go for my knee as well. That's another 95 bucks. Every time I go, I got really good doctors, thankfully. 
But um, that's something that I, you know, when you're young, you're like, Psh, I can do, I can, I'm Superman. I can <laughs> yeah. do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now that I'm a little bit older and my knee hurts, my shoulder hurts, it's something that in those early days I didn't think about. It's like, yeah, yeah, it kind of hurts. Throw a little ice yeah. on it. You know, don't be a wuss. Let's go. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, thankfully for me, I have a budding media company and I have, you know, um, I, I've been working in the uh, fall. I worked at 40 hours a week for several weeks at the radio station because mm -hmm. my knee and shoulder were hurting so bad <laughs> and I couldn't do the jobs there. And the doctors were telling me, they're like, Paul, you can't be doing this anymore. Yeah. So it's put me in a predicament where I have to hire people to do the work um, and I can do minimally. So I would just say, and you know, Julio, I used to love working out, being faithful with it and consistent with it. And once I started my business and then the radio show and that unattainable schedule, going to the gym and doing consistent exercise was one of the first things that went out of my life. Mm -hmm. And I've been in process of managing and budgeting my time to where now I, you know, what I can do with my shoulder and my knee, I'm limited in, in but there is some things that I can yeah. do to be, it doesn't have to be crazy. You know, what's that guy's name? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Like, That's not my, I, I want to be respectable for my future wife to look at me and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> he's a good looking fella. Um, but also, you know, that's something that I've really been prioritizing in my business is taking care of my body, taking care of my health. Yeah. Because it's so easy to get busy. Yeah, where you want to get started early in the morning and you go and work all day. And then the last thing you want to do when you come home and you're all dirty and sweaty and you're exhausted. I know in Vancouver, it's maybe a little cooler than here, but it's hot yeah. in Atlanta. It's so hot. You're, you're pooped by the end of the day. Yeah. There's no chance you're going to go to a gym and work out. Do a workout, you're thinking yeah. about, you know, yeah. I don't have a wife to make me stew. So I make my yeah. own stew. <laughs> I want to eat dinner and go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been budgeting my time to go into the gym, even if it's just a small little workout yeah, yeah. Um, to, try to, to do that. Yeah. So, is that yeah. a good enough answer? Yeah, no, that's, I totally relate to that. As I've gotten older, this past season has been the most difficult for me in terms of health and joints and other issues. I suffer from gout and stuff. I actually have an MRI booked for uh, tomorrow night uh, that I'm going to go do for my knee because uh, it uh, went out at the end of the season and I actually had to miss the last two weeks of work uh, and jobs that I had scheduled because I just couldn't even walk. I was on crutches and stuff and oh. Uh, and it's just reoccurring every year. And, and uh, you know, you think about when you were saying, you know, when you were younger, you're hitting those uh, jobs and stuff. And I think about the jobs I used to do, how many I used to do. And, you know, you're, you got that same, your mind is young and you're like, let's go out and get it. And your and your body's like, whoa, cowboy, let's take a, <laughs> take a bit of a break now. And uh, I always make a, a joke with customers who ask me, you know, how I'm doing and they know some of the, you know, the issues that I've had with my knees and joints. And I always say, well, one thing I've learned is that I, I know now why all professional athletes retire at my age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your body just cannot keep up with, with what your mind thinks that uh, it can do, right? It's just, uh, it becomes harder and harder each and every year and it creeps up on you and you have to really be aware of taking care of yourself to, uh, you know, be able to do that. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, absolutely, uh, some great, even, uh, you know, Julia, the last several months I've been so much more, um, careful 
what I've been eating, what I've been putting in my body and, you know, how does what I eat, how's that going to affect how I perform, you know, Mm -hmm. working all day and just, I used to just eat whatever. And, uh, now I'm, you know, I'm trying to eat more nutrient dense foods and just being, being more, um, you know, intentional about eating healthy. Um, instead of yeah. just what tastes good, uh, because I want to be able to be strong out there and healthy and vibrant. And I mean, you know, it, it's hard work Yeah, yeah. Uh, being outside and working. So yeah, absolutely. So if you were to start your lawn care business all over again, what is one thing that you would do differently? Oh, I'd, I'd charge way higher prices <laughs> coming out of the gate. My yeah, prices yeah. were way too low because there was this desperation when I would be putting together a quote where I'm like, okay, this is what I should probably charge, but mm-hmm. I want to make sure I get the job. Mm-hmm. And so then it would start to diminish a little bit just because I wanted to make sure I got the job. And then what would happen was I'd get the job okay. and I wouldn't make money or I wouldn't make enough money on, on the job. So I, I literally sent a quote this morning and, and I'm like, when I sent it, I just kind of laughed. I'm like, no chance I'm going to get it. Yeah. Like, he's probably going to get it. I'm like, what? That's too much. And yeah. uh, you know what? It, 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 I know that my competition, I know what their rates are and all this stuff. Um, and I know that he can get a mm-hmm. you know, lower price, but I refuse, I'm not wasting my, I'm not wasting my time anymore. So yeah. charging higher prices, um, is something that uh, I would definitely tell my first year self. And, and you mentioned this on my show, Julio, yeah. um, I asked you a similar question and you said, know your numbers. And, and yeah. that's so, that's so important. I mean, the profit and loss statement, you know, um, you can print that out no matter what, you know, CRM you use or QuickBooks or what. I mean, a problem, even your bank account, you know, look at yeah. how much came in and how much went out. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much your profit and loss unless you got something complicated going on. But really, every month studying, how can I have the money coming in increase? And how can I have the money going out, going out decrease? decrease? How can yeah. I increase that yeah, yeah. chasm and that gap yeah, yeah. that we are, we're making money, baby? Yeah. So, uh, what is one frustration or your biggest frustration that you still have about running a lawn care business? I mentioned it uh, earlier. Um, it's annoying that my shoulder hurts. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's annoying that my knee hurts. And yeah, yeah. something that I did not think about uh, when I got started is I started working in uh, a county here in Atlanta that has over 1 million people. This is a suburb. This isn't okay. where the skyscrapers are. Like yep. where the skyscrapers are, you go out just a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a suburb where I work in and there's 1 million people in a small little yeah, area. In a little, yeah. and there's so much traffic and it's so annoying um, because I, I try to get done early some days, but you know, if we're doing a sod installation or we're doing a, a job, no matter, and, and you can't even get into the gate until 8 a.m. By the time you get started, you know, typically you got to work all day. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm driving home in this ridiculous traffic. And so I would, I would be a little bit more thoughtful of my location because it is important. You yes. know, route density. You've talked about it. I've talked yep. about it. Everyone's talked about you want route density. And so I got route density, but it's in the wrong area. <laughs> so, <Okay. laughs> uh, I definitely didn't think uh, or maybe I've changed as I've gotten older. I've just, I've, my city oh, life really? desire. I want to be out in the country. I want to be at the lake. I want to be at the beach. And, you know, um, hopefully that, you know, in the future, I, 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 you know, I plan to probably move. Um, I don't know 
how my wife, you know, I need to figure out who I'm going to marry, yeah. what her plans are and all that. But Atlanta is definitely wearing on me and uh, okay. frustrating me. And, and, uh, you know, I, I got, a, I don't want to say I got a foot out the door, but I, I kind of got a foot out the door. Okay. Um, so yeah. but younger, when I was younger, I wanted like, ah, city lights, going yeah, to the city, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. And now the traffic, no, yeah. put me yeah. out of the country. Yeah. That's so, there's so many parallels country. between you and me. I'm exactly saying I grew up born and raised in Vancouver. So in the oh, big wow. city, when I uh, got married, went to buy a house, couldn't afford a house in Vancouver. So we moved out to the suburbs, into the country, basically. And you know, I would sometimes, uh, you know, go back obviously to visit parents and things like that where they were in Vancouver and I would get out of my car and be like, this feels like home, like being in Vancouver in the city. But that slowly changed over a few years. And now I go to Vancouver. And I'm like, I would never live here again. <laughs> like again, like I love the country, like where I live, it's still a, you know, a well-populated spot, but I can drive five minutes in either direction and be in farmland. And, you know, see cows and horses and, and things. And there's still hobby farms that are left over from, uh, you know, a past time that are still in the neighborhood with, uh, you know, goats and geese and things like that. So I can walk the dog and, you know, see that sort of stuff. And I just love it now versus being in the city with the traffic, like you say, and, and all that stuff. It's, uh, absolutely. Uh, I can, like I say, it's so funny, all the things you talk about. And I'm like, man, that's exactly like me. Yeah, because when you're starting your lawn care landscaping business, I mean, you're basically mar- you know, in a marriage with that area that you yes. select because everyone's yep. going to be honest. Like, route density is so important. Yes. But it's like you're, you're deciding this neighborhood or this little circle yep. of radius of area, I'm, you know, in a marriage, in alliance yeah. with this area, yep. and I don't, I don't know. I, it can make or break. Like, yeah. It, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I absolutely. Atlanta, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Most of my customers, um, they play or coach for the Atlanta Falcons football yeah. team. And I've, I've been public with that. And yeah, yeah. I've talked about that. Go Seahawks. Team here in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. There you go. How far is Seattle from Vancouver? Uh, two hours north oh, or sorry two hours south wow. yeah i was gonna say yeah. <laughs> i'm, I'm, I'm great like, at geography but it's gotta be yeah, south yeah. here in I'm, canada yeah, yeah i'm i'm like eight minutes from the border and and here there's obviously they're the closest nfl team so when it's like playoffs or they're you know if they're in the super bowl or something it's like 12th man stuff everywhere here oh, in yeah. vancouver all downtown and everything everybody's seahawk crazy i got because my uh one of my customers took me to the playoff game we played uh, Seattle. So I'm down by the locker room and Richard Sherman was on Seattle time and yeah. Seahawks get off their bus and Pete Carroll walks by me. I'm like, what? And then, uh, and you're not allowed to use your phone when you're down by the locker room. Oh. There's police everywhere and you yeah. can't be on your phone. Cause I, you know, I want to Instagram like there's Richard yeah, Sherman, yeah. but he's sitting there, you know, with mm. his headphones on and the NFL networks and all the cameras yeah, are like yeah, yeah. walking by. I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Atlanta beat Seattle that year, and then uh, we went to the Super Bowl. But my cousin, my customer was a defense coordinator, so he'd take me to the game. I actually would drive him home from the game. It was wild. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they they uh, practice up in Flowery Branch, and then their their um their games are in downtown Atlanta. So the players all live like in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Of those areas, and then that's where I work. But mm-hmm. it's just at first I was so like, Oh, I work for Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Like it's awesome. And now yeah. I'm like, I hate the traffic. I hate this area. Like they make $9 million a year. I don't make that. So I'm yeah, not yeah. living like they are. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
they don't leave the gate in the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, yeah. So no, that's yesterday great. I was at the yard and I get there and then I, I go in the guy's one house and he's sitting there and the masseuse is there giving him a <laughs> massage and then the nanny's babysitting the kid and the wife's just sitting there on her computer and then the Panera Bread shows up with the lunch delivery. I'm like, it's like a yeah, you make nine completely different world. Yeah, I'm sitting there like the like. I mean, they're cool. They're yeah, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I would do if I made nine million dollars every year, but it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's just funny. He's just laying there, getting massage. His wife's sitting there on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> Babysitter, yeah. lunch. Hard to relate. There's four people there. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm the landscaper, the Panera delivery man, the masseuse, <laughs> and the nanny. Yeah. Like yeah. it's no big deal to have four yeah. servants. Yeah, insane. Take money. So in your lawn care business, what is one resource that you have found that you've used the most in building your business? Like, Man, uh, I'm going to toot your horn here, Julio. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> I would say podcast and audiobooks. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you can listen to the Lawn Care Success uh, Business yeah. Podcast. You can listen to so many. You know, I listen to Dave Ramsey that kicks my butt to you know want to pay off my debt and the bill yeah. and so um and those are all free i mean well, audiobooks you have to pay for the subscription but podcasts are free yeah. you know and, yeah. and then um i'm a junkie i i listen to podcasts while i work yeah um i'm because i'm just constantly trying yeah, to yeah. learn and, and yeah. to grow and so yeah um that's one and then and then the resource you know human beings um that are my mentors mm-hmm. um brian ring you know, I chat with him a bunch and, and John Pajak and Naylor Taliaferro and Caleb Wallman and uh, Hubba Dub in Chicago, Joseph DePace in Michigan, you know, yourself, Brian's Lawn Maintenance. I can go on and on and yeah, on. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Richie Clements here in Georgia. I talk to all these guys yeah, yeah. that run businesses and we just, we talk, yeah. you know, yeah, about yeah. business. Yeah. And like, yeah, and hey, how's stuff. it going? And yeah. how much do you charge? And what do you do about, you know, this and that yeah yeah and it's definitely helpful yeah and i watched some youtube um johnny mo i watched some of his youtube videos and um uh, you know keith Kalfas, uh, mm-hmm. some of his videos and there, there's just a bunch of yeah. free free content yeah, yeah. Podcasts, yeah. yeah absolutely videos. yeah and a, a neat little tip uh, there you mentioned audiobooks i love audiobooks there's um actually uh, people don't realize you can download the overdrive app uh, and it hooks you up with your local library and uh, you enter your like library card and it lets you check out the audiobooks for free right on your phone. And uh, the only downside is that the, obviously the selection isn't as big as audible, uh, but, and you have to, they have limited copies. So if they have say two licenses and maybe there's three people in line, you just, you, you have to wait a couple of weeks and then they email you saying it's available now and then you can download it and listen to it. But it's a good way to get into audiobooks for free uh, if people want to uh, check that out. So down to the last two questions. And the first one is um, share your best piece of advice with someone just starting out in the, bu- in the business. And I want you to come from uh, at this from the point of view that this is somebody that you know, somebody that you like, and somebody that you would only want to see the best for you want to see them succeed if they were to say paul i'm thinking about starting a lawn care business what can you tell me what would you say yeah i would talk in in the realm of money you know i would do either microsoft excel or google sheets or a yellow pad and i would tell them listen you know first of all write down all your personal finances you know how much is your rent your, your, your budget how much is your rent or mortgage or you know your house payment how much is your vehicle insurance and utilities like get, know your numbers yeah, to yeah. where 
how much does it cost to run your household? And then how much money do you need to make each month to pay all those bills? You know what I mean? And throw in if you have to pay off debt or if you have savings, like all this stuff. Yeah. Know exactly. I have to make X amount of dollars per month just to stay afloat. And then I'd like to make X amount of dollars, but, but don't be guessing, like know exactly how much every bill I'm a nerd in Google sheets. I have every single expense written down. I have the date that it's supposed to come out of the auto draft. And then I track it all throughout the month. So I would tell this person, you know, be a nerd about making sure you know what your household income is and how much money you have to make. And then on a separate column or yellow pad, write down all your overhead for your business. You know, how much do you have to pay in um, general liability insurance, which mine is very reasonable, but in case the rock goes through the window or whatever, I'm covered. How much do you have to pay for, you know, all your different, um, expenses. I mean, even running a podcast, people don't realize how I, I you know, I pay a ton of money and mm-hmm. just all these subscriptions and, and all the licensing, all this yeah. stuff. It's like just to run a podcast. But anyway, you want to all your overhead, make sure you're not blindsided by any of this, but, yeah. but have all that uh, written down and then, you know, figure out how much you need to make um, per hour and then to pay all your overhead and then to pay yourself so that yeah. Um, cause in some cases it's better to go work at a job that pays you a cushy benefits and there's no, str- I mean, there's stress no matter where you work, but you don't have the much stress that we have is we have to, you know, make enough money to pay all the bills. So it would yeah. be numbers, 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 know your overhead, know your household, ex- uh, income, know how much money you have to make and then figure that out. Well, I got 40 hours to work in a week, so I need to be making X amount per hour you know, and so, and then get selling the jobs and be working them to execute them. And so just all about the money. Awesome. That's something that a lot of people that when we run these businesses, you're giving me a look. Am I over time? No, <laughs> I actually uh, forgot to keep track of time, but I think we're okay. probably right there. We get two podcasters together, man. We get long-winded. <laughs> no, that's uh, awesome. Great advice. So we've come to the end. My last question, uh, of course, is how people can follow you online. Absolutely. So I have a podcast. It's the Green Industry Podcast. And of course, it's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere where you can find Julio's uh, Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Yeah. And uh, I'd be honored if you guys listen to my show. Uh, and on the same day we release this episode, I'm releasing one. It's a completely separate conversation that um, yeah. my producer and I, Mr. Producer, and uh, Julio and I had, um, and we had lots of laughs in there. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I'm on Instagram just under my name, uh, Paul Jameson, over there. But uh, I would be honored if you guys took a listen to yeah. my podcast. And absolutely make sure you leave reviews on iTunes for both of these podcasts because we yeah. are... Absolutely bringing you guys the content for uh, uh, this year uh, going into 2020. We're going to, both of us have, uh, I'm sure, a fantastic content for all of you guys to listen to. That's so, cool. Yeah. So thank you very much, Paul, for coming on to the show and for allowing me to be a guest on your show. I absolutely had a great time. 
So there you have it, Long Care Nation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview episode with Paul Jamison from the Green Industry Podcast. I just want to take a moment to thank Paul for taking the time out uh, to do uh, these uh, episodes, this sort of cross-promotion. Uh, we actually uh, spent about five hours uh, in the day uh, doing the actual recording, uh, not to mention uh, any sort of editing and stuff uh, that was done uh, outside of the recording time. Uh, but uh, it took us about five hours of just sitting down from the initial uh, uh, chat and just some small talk and then recording uh, the entire uh, episode uh, for his uh, podcast and then uh, doing uh, the entire episode for uh, my podcast uh, after that. So uh, thanks to Paul for uh, uh, doing uh, that. And I'll leave uh, links in the podcast show notes to uh, uh, the Green Industry Podcast YouTube channel as well as uh, his uh, Instagram account if you want to follow him there. And of course, you can find uh, his Green Industry Podcast on iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, uh, Spotify, all the places that you would find uh, my Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. You can find uh, the Green Industry Podcast. So uh, that's it for this one guys here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business bye for now